Hey there, ThoughtBot podcast listener. Everyone is navigating strange new waters as we move to fully remote teams and balance working from home with a slew of other challenging environmental dynamics. ThoughtBot has spent 16 years building great software with distributed teams for ourselves, clients, and the industry. Along the way, we've developed best-in-class practices to manage scope, parallelize work, and collaborate asynchronously. Is your team looking into how to adapt agile processes for remote work, keep communication and collaboration inclusive and effective, or even just staying close to customers and users? Join a panel of our experts as they answer your pre-submitted questions and share our favorite tools and tips in our latest workshop, Being Human in the Absence of Humans, a live Q&A for product teams. Head on over to tbot.io slash remote to learn more, submit your questions, and enroll. That link again is tbot.io slash remote. See you there. Do I get to do it again? We're going to take a quick break to tell you about today's sponsor. No, no, no. You're just doing it anyway. What a diva. <laughs> what a Mariah Carey move you just did. You're like, I'll tell you when practice is over. I'll tell you I'll when, tell when I've got you it when right. The show is ready. This is not podunism. This is a podocracy. <laughs> oh my god. You're being a podtator, Torrance. So what's going on with you? We're all like going into yeah. the cloud, all of us descending. The remote culture is starting. It is starting. Wow. Happened yeah. so fast. But did it? I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of coming like a mile away. Yeah. And now here it is. The thing that I've been thinking about today is the over under on how many times my kids will interrupt my meetings. Oh, sure. So we're going full remote, mandatory full remote for at least two weeks. Mm-hmm. Till April. So in those two weeks, I guarantee you I have at least one a day. So should, should we put the over under at 13? What's over under? What do you mean by that? You don't know what over under? It's a bet. So you bet oh, the, yeah, bet the over or bet the under. You said like 13 times? Is that what you said? Yeah, I put the over under at 13. I'd probably go with the over Okay. in two weeks. That's 10 full days. Uh, so they definitely have lots wow. of opportunity. I mean, they walked in on two meetings today. So that's very cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be with my parents next week. And uh, what's the over under on dog barks and meetings? Definitely 15, maybe even 20. 20. I, I, she has to leave the house. She is a nightmare. <laughs> But then it's funny because like I, I'm usually like very intensely staring at my computer screen and doing lots of things. And then my mom, she sometimes gets kind of bored and like pops in and like looks around the room and like picks up an object and is like, can you believe I got this for two for one at TJ Maxx? Look at it. Look at the object. <laughs> and then I'm like, I, it's really great, but I really can't hang out right now. <laughs> It's Over really... under maybe 35 <laughs> for that. It's really great that you let me know that you got a great deal on that thing, but I'm trying to focus and you just cost me like 20 minutes of, of actual work. I know. I know. So, yeah. I mean, it's hard. I mean, not everyone too has even a good setup. Right. All, so the whole company, yeah, all of ThoughtBot's going remote because of the coronavirus outbreak so we've been kind of hustling and bustling here 
lots of uh, updates and emails and um, announcements and plans and everything. So I think one thing that I think would be interesting to talk about today are remote design sprints. We've been talking about that a lot because we've had some planned already for next week that were going to be in person and now they're going to be remote and just kind of people asking about how to do that and is that as successful or how is it different from being in person? We don't know how it's different from being in person, but like how do you combat the differences? And you, you Kyle, have you wrote a great post about that as well and shared with the company. So I don't know, I thought it'd be cool to maybe chat about that here sure. for our audience. Yeah. I'm also going to like change that so that it is externally facing too. Nice. Yeah, that's that'd be really helpful. I mean, I've never been in a all remote sprint. I've been in two sprints where I was the only remote person. So that for me was that adds a tinge of more difficulty in that I'm like, you know, it's not an even playing field. You know, mm. I'm like there's things being written on the board, people jumping up, writing stuff, and I don't have really have access to it. I don't want to interrupt the flow. So at one point I will ask, like, you take a photo of that so I can send it to me. So it's like less real time, you know, when you're not really in the room and way more paying attention to things and trying to read body language, trying to like see sometimes things go, like things cut out sometimes. And I'm just like, can you, hi, can you repeat that? Like a voice from beyond. <laughs> yeah. Being the solo remote is like, yeah, I think a lot harder than being, having a fully distributed team. Yeah, for sure. I think everyone being remote is going to be way more, just way easier, I think. Yeah. It levels the playing field, so to speak. Like everyone is dealing with mm -hmm. the same inputs as opposed to when one person is remote and the rest are in a room. Like you said, there's so yeah. much body language that happens outside of conversation. And so it's yeah. really hard to pick up on that if you're like, depending on your view of the room and, and people and everything. It certainly becomes a bigger challenge uh, for me personally, like one person who's remote and the rest of the team is in person. It's, it's incredibly hard. Yeah, for sure. For some of the ones where I've done that, I've just told the person point blank that they can be involved in the understand day, but things like diverge and potentially even converge, like it's, it's going to be so much more challenging to just include them. Like I'd rather just give them an update at the end of the day, or they can just sit and watch and it's almost like a TV show, mm -hmm. so to speak. And they, they don't fully participate. See, I, I have participated in like diverge and converge for diverge. I just would, would do crazy eights and storyboards by, you know, by myself at my desk. And then I took a photo of it and post it into Slack and then sometimes they would grab it and maybe in preview throw dots on it like you know it's kind of interesting because there's just me and another designer and like the clients there's only three of us mm -hmm. so it was good to have another person's input you yeah. know some people actually went as far as to print the things which was really nice and just printed out my storyboard and put it on the uh on the wall so that worked out really well so there are ways around it yeah if you want to include someone remotely that's the way to do it mm -hmm. is to like fully include them either by yeah. putting everything digital or by printing out their, their things, I guess. <laughs> I think it just takes a lot of communication up front and just planning out how you're going to do these things and not waiting until the sprint to decide because that's right. just so inefficient. And you all know, we all know that it's going to be an interesting challenge. So we should address it before we start the challenge. <laughs> 
But if everyone's remote, like, what are some tools that you'd recommend for doing whiteboarding together or even like sketching or like, would you still recommend people sketch at their desks and then take photos of them and kind of share them? Yeah, I think for the diverge exercises, I still try to have things be more physical. I feel like that's one of the pieces of the design sprint that I really like. When I've run these remote sprints in the past, I'll ask people to have printer paper and post-its and Sharpies and just sort of get around having sort of a whiteboard. There's a bunch of tools. I haven't run a remote sprint in a while but the tools that I used have also uh, have evolved since then. So it's and are much better. So things like Google Docs and Google Slides have been really helpful. Continuing to use the Trello board that we have that I'd use anyway for documentation. I've used the Trello board for doing things like silent voting. I've also used some of those whiteboard tools to have people draw dots as well. <laughs> But they're still for mind mapping, for doing crazy eights, doing a storyboard. They're still doing it on physical paper, taking a photo, uploading it somewhere so that we can do voting. The whiteboard Google Docs comes in handy when doing things like journey mapping, writing down problem statements. Honestly, sometimes like doing a assumptions test table in a spreadsheet is easier yeah, oh, yeah than, i love doing that it's easier than doing it on, on a, like a spreadsheet on a whiteboard yeah that's actually how i do them well we'll write we'll capture assumptions throughout the sprint on post-its but then the last day we would just put all those into a spreadsheet nice and then if there's a lot of them one time there was like 12 people in the sprint and gave access to the doc for everyone and then they just voted there was like a column for votes and I was like just put an x next to the ones that you think are the riskiest and then voila we had prioritization all at once there so that was kind of cool yeah I love using spreadsheets for that it's also clearer to to read too when you project it Mm -hmm. other than google docs and google slides I've also used an app called mural that's been really Nice to use. I think they have like a competitor that one of our other teammates has used called Miro. Oh, yeah. But these are all collaborative whiteboard spaces, uh, which is super nice. I know one of our designers here really likes Envision's freehand. So they, they'll use that with their iPad, um, which I think is really interesting as someone with an iPad and a pencil to be able to use these tools and still draw in a way that like we can collaborate pretty nicely. So it's super awesome that we're in a place that I feel like technology is catching up to what we need it to, to, to work remotely really well at the scale that we're going to need to in the, the next few weeks, few months, whatever it turns into. Yeah. Do you think that attendance, like the, the amount of people showing up to a remote sprint is different than people showing up in person? I've tried to limit just because the most challenging thing about communicating remote or through video chat is like knowing when someone's done with a thought because we don't have those same body cues that we do. Yeah. So the less people that are in the sprint, the easier it is for people to understand all of that. And the more likely it is you're, you're going to connect with the people in that group too. So like the, one of the Mm -hmm. big reasons that we like to do in person is we're able to build a lot of trust 
personally, just because of that body language and because like we're taking breaks together and we're taking lunch together and we're missing out on that. And that's the biggest thing I think about being remote is you, you still need to figure out ways to build that team trust and build that collaborative spirit, I guess. So the, the more people on the call, I feel like the more people will less likely be able to form those bonds and build a relationship. Just play like Halo together or something <laughs> during lunch break. You're just pulling out stereotypes. Well, I'm just thinking of group games. <laughs> and you thought of Halo. Or sorry. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. We well, could probably sorry. play online sorry now, right? There's There's got to be. Probably. Yeah. I, I, the interesting thing is because of the lack of body language, it's really hard to get a sense of what people's roles are too if you've never met them in person yeah. and like how their team interacts with each other. It's just everyone's now flat, just like a square on a screen. <laughs> And I feel like the more squares, the more (laughs) more people you have in the chat, it's the harder it is to kind of suss out not only who's saying what, but kind of, again, like, who is this person on the team? I don't know. It's hard. (laughs) It's just harder to draw those, like, relational. Yeah. It's it's a more complicated relationship. Yeah. Last week, a team member from London posted a photo of Miles, one of the designers, and right now I'm, I'm supporting the London team. And so I have biweekly calls with Miles and I've done that in the past as well. And mm-hmm. I realized that I've not seen Miles's full body. And it was just this like weird, <laughs> it was this weird experience of like, I've only seen him from like the shoulders up. And yeah. like that in my mind was yep. like, oh, that's Miles. And it just didn't dawn on me that like, oh, there's like <laughs> more there. That's funny. <laughs> One thing too, I think allowing time for more breaks is important if you're doing a remote sprint. You really need to pay attention more, <laughs> you know, it's and sometimes that's harder yeah. when you're on a remote call and you know, you are everyone is pretty much at their desk staring at their screen for that long. I mean, I think having ample time to kind of take a break, walk around, go outside, come back, mm-hmm. I think that's really important more so too than also important in person, yeah. but especially it's a different nature <laughs> when you have everyone remote. Definitely agree with that. Uh, making sure that yeah. it's clear too. setting those expectations, uh, especially like I think in the sprint and in person and in a remote, like saying like you need to get up and walk away from your computer Yeah, and saying like, okay, okay we're going to make sure that we keep an hour for lunch and everyone mm-hmm. goes and eats. Yeah, it's it's really important. I think for what I would assume is that it's harder to stare at a screen. These yeah. devices have so many distractions on them. And and that's yep. one of the reasons that we ask people to get rid of them while we're in person. Now we're like on it. <laughs> <laughs> now you're yeah. now you have to use it. Yeah. So I think one of the suggestions in that post was to like essentially quit out of every single app except for the video or anything that you directly need for the sprint and one of my other like for me pushing away my keyboard when i'm in any kind of video chat is like a barrier for me of like Mm -hmm. oh i have to pull this thing closer and when i do it triggers like do i actually need to be using the keyboard when i'm hooked up to a monitor so it's a little harder when i have a laptop but i also do that in meetings where i have a laptop i'll push my notebook in front of the laptop so it like i have to actually physically move my notebook oh nice just so i i remain focused and aren't distracted 
I feel like that's, that should be a ground rule. Everyone should be doing that, quitting out applications they don't need, you know, trying to minimize distractions. That is just very hard to mandate that across a team, especially yeah. when it's not all people on your own team. Have you had trouble in the past kind of making sure everyone is distraction-free or it's just you have to pay attention in a sprint. Yeah. I just I I find that it's harder to kind of drift away than back when you're dealing with like a uh, a remote situation. Mhm. It's both in person and remote that like the yeah. larger the group, the harder it is to engage everyone yeah. for that amount of time. And so, like, yeah. there is, again, another reason why I think, like, having a smaller team, every remote sprint I've been on has been five people or less. So yeah. really constraining the amount of people so that, mm -hmm. like, you can easily tell when someone's starting to get distracted or pulled away. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. can say, okay, like, let's take a break. I feel like that's that's really, it's a lot easier to do in person. Especially yeah. when you have a bigger group, you can start to see, like, oh, that person's on their phone. I shouldn't have let them have that in the first place. But like, clearly they're being pulled away. So let's let's yeah. take a 15 minute break. And when they come back, I'm going to make sure that everyone puts their phones in this yeah. basket. <laughs> right. The virtual basket, though, of course. Yes. It's also hard now too because the you... virtual basket. <laughs> yeah, right. The shopping cart. Um, we're all going to sell our phones on the internet before we start our sprint. I'm going to have everyone pull out their phone and show it to, to me on the screen and they have to fling it across the room. Oh my God. Into the fish tank. <laughs> into, the, into their fish tank. Interesting thing too is I would imagine conversations going a little bit slower because you can really only speak one person at a time. And not saying that people just talk over each other, but it's easier to interject and pop in when you are, you know, in person than when you are remote. And I remember like when I was remote and everyone was in person, there's plenty of points that just kind of floated on by. And I was like, oh, I want to add something to that conversation. But the lag and then I couldn't get in there. And it was like, well, all right, that ship has sailed. I'll just wait. And it's always kind of awkward when you are the only remote person to then interrupt everyone in the room be like, hi, just, I wanted to just add something to that last point, you yeah. know, you have to just kind of be okay with doing that. And everyone knows, and people are grateful that you are listening and paying attention, even though you're in the cloud. But I think when everyone's remote, you know, do you, do you have any t um, tactics of when people can be setting up to speak or like when they want to let people know that they want to say something? Yeah, I haven't gotten to this point because it, it felt okay every time yeah. I've done it. But uh, some of our coworkers have pointed out that there are like a couple systems, I guess. So one person said using chat and stacking up essentially raised hands. Another yeah. person said visibly like holding up one, two, or something else using essentially oh, like, like a circle hand hand signals to yeah making like the okay sign that yeah. you want to enter you want to add to that point right. So if you want to say something, you just put up your first finger if you're the first person who wants to say something mm -hmm. and if you want to say something as well you put number two or number three just to like designate where you what are in order. the queue and then if someone is speaking and you want to add to their point you would make like the okay symbol yeah with your hand that's kind of it's really interesting yeah i haven't had to do that either so i'm wondering if that's going to come up in the next couple of weeks yeah I certainly think that that probably happens more often for me, like making sure that one remote person is included. 
But one of the things that I'll do when I know someone in remote is, is in, or if we're all remote, like to pinpoint the people who haven't talked or like while someone else is talking, watching other people and like interjecting and say, oh, it looks like Jacqueline has a thought. Oh, yeah. Or Jacqueline, you haven't said anything in a little while. Do you have anything to add on this last idea or something else? Mm-hmm. And so asking specific people if they have something to include, which hopefully is a, is a nice way to like lead them into a conversation. That helps too to define that role too. Just to kind of be like have a reminder of, hey, I'm going to keep note on time. Hey, you keep note on like amplification or making sure that people are all getting a chance to speak or, you know, again, it's just, it's really a matter of chatting beforehand and talking about some potential things that might come up and how you're going to address them, you know, in the moment. Would you say that all the cameras should be on or can people participate with just their avatars? I think that depends. I I, I like that we have a culture of, of putting our cameras on. But I know other companies that have cultures of not. Yeah, totally. I think we talked a little bit about that last time where like if someone has their camera off, do you keep it on or? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I usually do. And then I turn it off eventually. It also depends on connectivity. Like one of the typical things that we'll do is shut down our video if we're having connectivity issues. So it's, it's more important that we can talk than see each other. Yeah. But seeing each other does Definitely. help with some of those interruptions or understanding when people have new things to say. Yeah, if I'm joining like a company-wide meeting and I'm not going to be actively participating in it, I'll just turn my camera off. Mm-hmm. I'm more there to listen. And you don't need to just see me staring at a screen, <laughs> my eyes moving around the screen as well. No, no need to see that. <laughs> yeah. So we're good. <laughs> so yeah, it should be interesting. I mean, since I'm also going to be remote for the unforeseeable future, having the whole company be remote is a nice segue. <laughs> that makes it easier. Yeah. So that's, 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 that's cool. I think we're going to learn a lot as a company in the next couple of weeks, being that everyone's going to be remote. So I think we should kind of keep note of that. And, you know, I'm curious if there are any experiments or something or taking note of some questions we've always had about like remote culture. I wonder if there are some questions we can, we can answer along the way in the next couple of weeks or try out new things. I think it's, it'd be good for us to keep note of some difficulties we've had or some of our triumphs that we've had in like a whole remote environment. Yeah. that, That is interesting. I feel like our process, one of the reasons that it's easy for us to do this kind of thing is because our process does lend really well to a remote process. Yeah. And in many cases, our clients aren't on site or we're not on site to the client. That helps. Yeah. I feel like most of the projects that I've been on in the last probably like six years at ThoughtBot Mm -hmm. have all been remote projects Mm. so it hasn't really mattered where my physical location is and most people don't even notice when I change location Mm -hmm. so I I think that speaks to the way that we work that it can translate so well cool well I think we should I think we're at time we should do a good the bad and the ugly okay the good the bad and the ugly What food? What food? <laughs> we didn't really talk about food today. Uh, tea. Talked about, I talked about my tea. I love um, tea. There's, so there's nothing bad or ugly about tea. 
So, this- um, well, the bad can be ugly if you. It's like teeth staining is always a thing. One time mm. I went to the dentist, and she was like, "Wow, do you drink coffee?" I was like, well, "You know, I." Quack. Sorry, whoops. Uh, <laughs> use the duck noise. Quack, quack. Quack. <laughs> you know I quack and drink. Do you really coffee? curse to your doctor? No. Internally, I'm always cursing. Come on. <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> Come on. They just want me to get the whitening. You know, that's what they're trying to do. Oh, yeah. my. Oh, wow. Do you drink coffee? Yes, <laughs> I'm a human. And I know what you want me to do. You want me to take my teeth out. You're going to bleach them and then put them back in my <sighs> mouth. It's going to be like a million dollars and I'm not going to pay it. Anyway, do you feel like <laughs> that's being a salesperson makes you more look out for those kinds of things? Yes. <laughs> I'm not, I wouldn't even call myself a salesperson. I definitely participate in sales, which I want to call snails from snails. now on because I think it'll just be fun. Yeah. So I definitely like <laughs> now can like sniff out people who are doing snails. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> you're trying that trick on me, huh? I see what you're doing I know here. All the I know. And then I, when I'm trying to do a trick, I'm like, ugh. I'm doing this trick. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm doing my snails trick. You want to close this deal or what? Ooh, let's do a good, bad, and the ugly about snails. Snails? But like like the, 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 um, is it an animal? I don't even know what the, what is it? It's an insect? (laughs) What is it? A mollusk. Oh my God, thank you. Thanks, Jackie. It's a mollusk, right? (laughs) Hold on. What is a snail? (laughs) Here's some information. A snail is, in loose terms... A shelled gastropod. I would have never in my life have said that. It's a mollusk. It's a terrestrial pulmonate gastropod mollusk. I feel like this is the thing that people are taking away from tentative. It's not any kind of design. Like, who cares about that first part? It's really about the snails. Dude, I love snails. (laughs) I love them. I think they're adorable and gross. And I love everything about them. I love seeing them after the rain. And they're just one time. Oh my God, Kyle! One time, I brought the mail in, and it was it was soaked with water because it was on the ground, <laughs> whatever. And I look on the letter, and there are two snails on the letter. One is the smallest snail I've ever seen in my life. It was literally it was like the size of uh, like a dip and dot, even smaller than that, like half the size of a dip and dot. And the other one was like a regular, like Reg's snail. And the tiny one was really interesting because it was so freaking small. I mean, I didn't know they could, I didn't know they were, and then it made me wonder like which came first, you know, the snail or the shell. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know how to even answer that. I just, it's like not a question. I'm just so excited. Anyone ever asks. That last two minute rant of yours, like that was perfect. Thank you. (laughs) I wish people could have seen your face with how excited you got tell that story (laughs) i was it was so it was Uh, so great and i was like hey get out of my house and i put them outside but they're really (laughs) gross i love how gross and cute they are at the same time so the good bad and the ugly on snails Um, (laughs) the good thing about snails you're on your own on this one (laughs) I don't really know what the good thing is about snails. Wait, let I me don't ask. know what the bad Siri. thing is or ugly thing. What's, the, what's a good thing about snails? <laughs> That's cheating. Okay. They consume rot. Good for them. They eat all the junk that no one else wants to eat. So they're good for the environment. They probably right? produce some pretty good soil. Yeah. 
Good. And what's bad about snails? I don't know. Okay. They're slimy. And the ugly thing is that when you pour salt on them, they like disintegrate, which is really mean. Don't do that, Kyle. (laughs) I, one more thing. And then we're just one more thing. Someone was talking about how they had a slug problem. Mm -hmm. And so they made a maze out of salt. Slugs are like the ugly snails. Yeah, they don't have the shell. They're just like these weird like lumps. Right. So they made like a salt maze that led to like food, whatever, like, which is so mean. It pretty much like Darwinism at its best, like the strongest, only the strong survive. Uh Uh-huh. And I don't know if they found a super slug yet, but we're, we're still waiting. Still we're still waiting, waiting for the here. results. <laughs> yeah. A salt resistant slug. Oh. I found this <laughs> you just froze and then came back and you were down by the desk. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, where'd Jackie go? <laughs> I was talking to Siri under the desk. No big deal. Hey, when you do your. <laughs> When you do your remote design sprints, if you have ever have a question, turn off your camera and the mic and just ask Siri and then go back <laughs> in and be like, I know the answer to that. That's a that's an advantage, I think. Okay, I think we should I think this it's over now. I think I can it's... hear I can hear it. Okay. You can see our show notes at tentative.fm slash eight five. You can tweet at us at tentativefm. You can email us, hosts at tentativefm.fm. Put the dot in there. It's pretty important. You can rate us on iTunes. Uh, Your best snail moment. Best snail moment. Think about it. You don't have to write a review about tentative, but you do need to write a review about your snail. Tell us about your snail in the iTunes review. Yeah, do that. I would love that. Also send us an email about your favorite snail. I love snails. <laughs> cool. We will we checked uh, all the boxes. We'll see you again. See you later. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Thoughtbot. Join our team dedicated to creating products people love to use. With open positions at our studios in Boston, New York, San Francisco, Austin, London, and Raleigh-Durham, come discover a better way to work.